Friends, I'd like to welcome you to this week's edition of Bishop Sheen Presents, a program where we feature some of the wit and wisdom of the venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. For over 50 years, Archbishop Sheen captivated audiences on both radio and television. Millions tuned in each week to hear his messages of hope and encouragement. It is my sincerest hope that the reflections that you will hear today on this broadcast will truly touch your heart and in a way show you that your life is worth living. Hello, my dear friends, and welcome to this week's edition of Bishop Sheen Presents. I'm your host, Al Smith, and I want to thank you for joining me for our a weekly opportunity to uh, save our souls. And I, I, I have a bit of a nervous laugh there because, uh, you know, I think sometimes we don't take seriously enough uh, the mission of saving souls. Uh, I love the famous quote uh, from Fulton Sheen's book, Peace of Soul, when he said, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. And so uh, we have to make saving souls a priority. Uh, of course, Our Lady, uh, we think of her and how her mission is to bring souls to Christ. And so let us work with her to also bring souls to Christ, including our own. And so the good Archbishop will help us uh, manage the uh, landscape. Uh, he gave a number of powerful reflections during the war years, and so I've been sharing some of those with you. And today I'm going to share a talk that he titled Freedom in Danger. And uh, boy, there are dangers all around us, it seems, but especially during the Second World War, uh, when evil had risen all over the world and battles were going on. Uh, but still, we're in many spiritual battles today, and so uh, I think this will be a timely reflection for us. And then I will continue my conversation with Father Lawrence Carney. We've been talking about the Holy Face devotion and how it is the perfect remedy in today's world. And uh, he'll be sharing with us uh, the uh, information contained in the manual of the Holy Face. And so uh, it is the third interview of four that I have with Father Carney. And so I'll share that uh, discussion with you today. So without further ado, may I present to you the Venerable Archbishop Sheen as he talks about freedom in danger. Please enjoy. Friends, today we shall speak about a grave danger facing the world. Not America alone. That danger can be expressed in a word which is on the tongue of everyone, namely, freedom. A proof that we are in danger of losing it is because everyone is talking about it. If you suddenly came into a country where everyone was talking about the health of lungs, you would immediately conclude that a disastrous microbe was rampant. In the last World War, everyone spoke about making the world safe for democracy. And yet the world became so unsafe for democracy that within 21 years, democracy had to stumble into another war 
in order to preserve itself. Now we ought to be worried about freedom simply because everyone is talking about it. Slaves talk most about freedom. The oppressed talk about justice and the hungry most about food. We are all agreed that the external threat to our freedom and the freedom of the world comes from the totalitarian states. There is no need to develop this idea. They are Satan's vicegerents of tyranny, the Antichrist's advance agents of adversity. But our point is that the gravest threat to freedom comes from within. I do not mean from America alone. I mean within the hearts and souls of men throughout the world. While the world is attempting to preserve freedom in the political order, it is surrendering it in those deeper realms upon which the political reposes. Picture a group of men on a rooftop proclaiming in song and story the glories of architecture, while below, saboteurs have already knocked out half the foundations of the house, and you already have the picture of modern freedom. Politicians in the upper stories are glorifying freedom, while philosophy in education and the so-called liberal Christianity has knocked away all the supports of freedom. First of all, freedom is denied in education today. This may sound rather bizarre to educators who have been shouting catchwords about freedom for decades. But I submit that they are talking about license, not freedom. They are concerned with freedom from something, not freedom for something. They are interested only in freedom without law, not in freedom within the law. And the proof? Do not many educators today assume that evil and sin are due to ignorance? And that if we educate, we will remove evil? Do not others assume that evil is due to bad environment, bad teeth or bad glands, and that an increase of material wealth will obliterate evil? Can they not see that these false assumptions destroy freedom? For if evil is the result of ignorance alone, and not the result of a perverse use of freedom, then Hitler is only an ignoramus. But he is not a villain. Can they not see that education without a proper philosophy of life can be made the servant of evil as well as of good? Have they not vision to see that if evil and sin are to be attributed to external circumstances, then man is not free to do wrong? Then wrong is in our environment, but not in our souls. Is it not inconsistent to praise men for choosing what is right and at the same time, when he does wrong, deny that he is free. That kind of education, which denies guilt and sin, 
is destroying freedom in our democracy and is destroying it while our soldiers are fighting for it on 21 battlefronts of the world. And freedom, too, is being denied in modern religion. Oh, do not misunderstand me. I know it preaches freedom. But we are searching hearts, not lips. Modern religion denies freedom because it denies hell. In a recent survey of ministers, it was discovered that 73% did not believe in hell. If there is no hell, why should there be a heaven? If there is no wrong, and hence no sin for which a man ought to be punished, why should there be a heaven where he should be rewarded for his virtues? If there are statues erected to our patriots, why should there not be prisons for our traitors? Whom do they think God is? A kind of grandmother who laughs off the wrongdoing of children? As if there were no scales of justice? And he were not the God of righteousness? This sugary, pale, airsots of Christianity has set at naught the very doctrine which Christ himself has preached. For on more than a dozen occasions, our divine Lord said there was a hell. Hell is the eternal guarantee of human freedom. If God were to destroy hell, he would at that very moment destroy freedom. So long as there is a hell, we know that God respects human freedom. That he will not by force nor by power destroy even that free will which rises up against him with an everlasting, I will not serve. Satan is thus destroying our freedom at the very moment he has led us to believe that we are most free. And he has done so by the very same temptations which failed when he tempted Christ on the mountaintop at the beginning of his public life. You remember those temptations? Satan, first of all, tempted our Lord from his gospel of love by offering substitutes. In the first temptation, instead of winning souls through love, Satan suggested that Christ buy them with bread because men were hungry. And in the second temptation, instead of winning souls again through freedom and love, Satan suggested that Christ win them by some manifestation of power over nature, such as throwing himself from a temple tower unhurt. And in the third temptation, 
Satan suggested winning souls through politics. He unfurled before the mind's eye of the Savior all the nations and kingdoms and empires of the world. And in a frightening boast, as if to imply that all were his, Satan says, all these will I give thee. If falling down, thou wilt adore. Our Lord refused to surrender freedom. If souls would not love him without the bribery of bread and without the exhibitionism of power and without selling himself to Caesar, he would not force them. Freedom would endure through an eternal heaven and an eternal hell. Satan who failed in that temptation is back in the world again and oh how he is succeeding now souls are selling themselves today for that bread which they call security Selling faith for the power which is called science and progress. And while others, in over a fifth of the world's surface, have bartered freedom for dictators and tyrants. Dostoevsky, that great Russian writer of the last century, was right when in a great flash of genius he warned the world that the denial of sin and hell in education and religion would end in world socialism where men would surrender freedom for a false security. Antichrist returning to the world and speaking to Christ he says, Dost thou not know? that the ages will pass and humanity will proclaim by the lips of their sages that there is no crime. There is no sin. There is no guilt. There is only hunger. And men will come crawling and fawning to our feet and say, Give us bread, but take our freedom. I wonder if those days are not already here. And finally, in place of free men, the Antichrist pictures the new socialistic state that will be born, in which he and his followers will organize everything after they convince people that there is no sin, there is only hunger. And then they will crucify Christ, who will redeem them from God. 
And Antichrist speaks again and says to Christ, they will tremble impotently before our wrath and their minds will grow fearful and they will be quick to shed tears like women and children but they will be just as ready at a sign from us to pass to laughter and rejoicing. Happy mirth and childish song. Yes, we the Antichrist shall set them to work. But in their leisure hours we shall make their life like a child's game with children's songs and innocent dance. Oh, we shall allow them sin. They are weak and helpless. And they will love us like children because we allow them to sin. We shall tell them that every sin shall be expiated if it is done with our permission. That we will allow them to sin because we love them. And the punishment for these sins, we, we of the Antichrist, will take upon ourselves. And we shall take it upon ourselves, and they will adore us as their savior. We who have taken on their sins before God, and they will have no secrets from us. We shall allow or forbid them to live with their wives and their mistresses, to have or not to have children, according to whether they have been obedient or disobedient. And they will submit to us gladly and cheerfully, the most painful secrets of their conscience, all, all of them will bring to us. And we will have an answer for them all. And they will believe our answer. For it will save them from great anxiety and terrible agony that they endure at present in making free decisions for themselves. What I say to thee, O Christ, will come to pass. Our dominion will be built up. I repeat, tomorrow thou shalt see that obedient flock where a sign from me the Antichrist will hasten to heap up the hot cinders on a pile on which I shall burn thee for coming to hinder us. For if anyone has ever deserved our fires, it is thou, O Christ, Tomorrow I shall burn thee. Dixie, I have spoken. That is the way the Antichrist will speak in the new world. And this frightening spectacle is already taking place in a large part of the world today. By denying responsibility to God, men have surrendered their freedom to Satan. And because such is the inevitable outcome of the world, unless we pray, 
We ask the Jews and the Protestants and the Catholics to spend an hour a day in prayer and meditation. We will help you in this by sending you free for the asking a little booklet of prayers for wartime entitled The Shield of Faith. But pray we must, lest we succumb to the temptation of the Antichrist. For the same challenge is being hurled at us which was hurled at Christ on the cross. Come down and we'll believe. The executioners, when they said that, were willing to admit that they would believe if he would only show his power by stepping down from his cross. The poor fools. Did they not see that they were asking him to force them to believe? Which would have been the end of freedom. They were free to believe that he was the son of God so long as he did not come down to smite them. They had freedom so long as they left their faith in their own hands and not in his. His refusal to come down from that cross was the guarantee of freedom. The nails which pierced him were the stars on the flag of freedom. The bruises of his body battered by free men were the stripes of that flag. His blood was its red, his flesh its blue and its white. And so long as he hangs there and we have that vision in the world, man is free. The moment he comes down in power, man is a slave. And he is man's dictator. But he will not come down. Freedom will never be destroyed. Not even in hell. For even there, he leaves man the eternal choice of his free, rebellious will. And so, he did not come down. If he came down, he would have made Nazism and fascism and communism long before their time. The coming down is the death of love. If he came down, he never would have saved us. It is human to come down. It is divine to hang there. Unfurl and wave to the four winds of the world, O oh, battle flag of freedom. There will always be freedom when men are not forced to love, and there will always be love when men are not forced. To be free. God love you. You are listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. I'm your host, Al Smith, and I want to thank you for joining me today to listen to some of the wisdom of the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Hard to believe that he said those words over 80 years ago, and uh, yet they still ring true today. And so, my dear friends, um, 
Let us continue to uh, batten down the hatches. Let us continue to uh, fight for freedom, but in a good way. And uh, again, Fulton Sheen mentioned the cross and that, you know, everything goes to the cross. And uh, in a few weeks, we will be meditating on our Lord's passion, his death and resurrection. And so uh, we need to prepare well. And, and speaking of preparing well, Father Lawrence Carney has helped us a great deal in introducing to us the devotion to the Holy Face and, um, again, uh, devotion needed in today's world. And uh, last week he talked about uh, the League of St. Martin, and uh, the week before he talked about the Holy Face devotion. And so today he will uh, walk us through the manual of the Holy Face, which contains many of the prayers and litanies of the devotion. And so I will continue to share this conversation that I have with Father Lawrence Carney about that beautiful prayer. And so please enjoy our conversation we had together. Good morning, everyone. This is Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. I'm your host, Al Smith, and I have the good pleasure of having in the studio today our good friend, Father Lawrence Carney. Uh, we've been talking about the Holy Face devotion, which many of you have a great interest in. And uh, we just seem to be scratching the surface in the first two interviews uh, that we had, where we talked about the Holy Face devotion itself and then talked about the League of St. Martin. Uh, but many of you have been asking about the manual of the Holy Face. Um, I, I like to call it the playbook um, with all the great uh, um, resources and um, just a collection of litanies and prayers. And so we're gonna talk a little bit about the manual of the Holy Face today. And so I'd like to bring on to our set, uh, Father Lawrence Carney. Welcome, Father Lawrence. Thank you for having me, y'all. Father Carney, um, you, of course, uh, wrote a best-selling book called The Manual of the Holy Face. I, I sorry, say The Secrets of the Holy Face. I'm confusing my books there. Uh, and, of course, it's uh, gain, gaining popularity as people are interested in this devotion. But I, I like to say to people, read Father Carney's book, The Secret of the Holy Face, but pick up a copy of the manual of the holy face and uh i know father carney that you uh, sell a beautiful leather bound edition uh at your website uh, at the martinians.org and uh many people of course that might be a little more thrifty looking for a paperback version uh can find them uh, almost everywhere I, I have one here from uh, angeles press that has uh everything that the arch confraternity uh published a number of years ago. So uh, I wanted to introduce the manual to our uh, our listeners and uh, for those watching on social media. And so um, let's talk briefly about the manual itself and uh, your uh, finding the manual and, of course, some of the great treasures in this book. Well, yeah, the manual is the most comprehensive book with regards to the history and the prayers for the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face. And I saw it on the webs on a uh, just a picture copy of it, all 302 pages of it. And I read through it. I was like, this is an amazing book. And I looked for it in the libraries around the U.S. And there were only two of them in the U.S. And I asked if they could ship one to me. 
and they didn't they weren't able to do it so i had a printer just print it out and i read it from cover to cover just constantly i just keep doing it when i go to bed i read it i like it because it has four sections and the first part talks about the official documents and observations so it's basically history but it also shows that this devotion has canonical legitimacy in it it shows how that goes through that it shows how this private revelation was approved by the local ordinary and this was printed in 1887 it's in english translated probably from french and it talks about leo the 13th and how the venerable leo de pont had his home changed into a, a public oratory where they would have mass by the priests of the holy face in tours and that's just very exciting to me because this is a unique devotion in that it's propagated by Dawson priests canons or Dawson priests then the second part talks about litanies and forms of prayer so there's two litanies of the holy face there's a prayer called I salute thee, uh, act of honorable amends to the most holy face of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's two consecrations to the holy face. And I'm writing, well, I've written the book, but it's in my bishop's office now on the total consecration to the holy face. And it uses these two consecrations. One of them is for members of the arch confraternity, the confraternity's holy face. They're the only ones that can use that consecration and the other consecration for anybody else. So I love that detail because there's a certain uh, order here in hierarchy. Those that have been enrolled, they're, they're in an army, so they, they're enlisted, so they get privileges. They also have duties to, to pray certain things every day. It's very easy. Then there's the prayer of St. Augustine, who was devoted to the Holy Face. And there's a prayer to entreat the triumph of the church, which I, I, I greatly love. There's prayers from Mr. Dupont, his formulae that he used to anoint people when he had those six to 10,000 cures. Prayer of Pius IX. So he's blessed now, but it said Pius IX because that was before he became blessed. And he's a great propagator of reparation because he said reparation is destined to save society. So he's got his own prayer in there. I love to use it. There's aspirations of the Holy Face, praises of the Holy Face. Benediction of St. Francis of Assisi through the Holy Face, praise to the Holy Name of God, and the Golden Arrow. And we can't forget the quarantine of St. Louis. So that's the second part. And the third part has exercises of devotion and different practices. And basically, it's just a continuation of the, of the second part. So there's the Stations of the Cross with devotions to the Holy Face, two of it. There's a, a long one and a short one. So I love how you have all this this richness of of piety there's a prayer to entreat the whole the eternal father 24 acts of adoration salutation to our lord jesus christ aspirations crown of glory to the holy name of god offering the infinite merits of our lord jesus christ to god the father that's so rich because i like reading saint alfonso glory especially his incarnation during this time of advent and he talks about in, in his prayer, there's this common theme of offering 
the body of Christ to the Father in heaven for that perfect offering for all of our needs. So it goes on, affection, aspirations towards our Lord, crown and honor, the most holy name of Jesus, prayer to our Lord Jesus Christ. Then there's a little scapular, which there's a lot of lay people are making those, and they're having little packets that tell people about it, and I give those out. And they raise money for Carmelite you know, monasteries. Then there's a little chaplet of the Holy Face, which is very popular. It's one prayer I pray every day. I call it a minor exorcism for late people because it uses Psalm 67, which Pope Leo XIII used as minor exorcism for priests. Then there's a devotions for the rosary in honor of the Holy Face, the little sache, which is the gospel, the circumcision that people can wear around their neck. Then there's the explanation of the Medal of St. Benedict, exercise in honor of the Lady of Seven Sorrows, Chaplet of Our Lady of Seven Dollars, the Gospel of the Holy Face, Mass in Honor of the Holy Face, Hymn of the Holy Face, another Hymn of the Holy Face. And then there's a fourth part, the little Office of the Holy Name of God that Venerable Leo Pont wrote. And then there's a supplement, notices and catalogs. So that's 200, 300 pages of rich Catholic devotion right there for purchase for $7 there at that place. Or we have cottage industry, so we like to employ people so that they can make a living. So there's a, a, a young man who makes these letter covers and therefore it can support his livelihood so people can donate. Um, I mean, they're buying the book, but it's, it's going to support him and the mission of the League of St. Martin. Yes, and I think this is where um, we encourage people to spend the money. Um, it's, you know, people might say, well, it's $40 for that leather bound uh, Holy Face manual, but it's going to last you a lifetime. It's something you're going to treasure and uh, read every day. Uh, there's nothing like a leather-bound uh, edition in your hand. Um, it's like we think of people who have a, a leather-covered steering wheel. It's for comfort. And sometimes a book has to be comfortable, especially a, a book you're going to spend a lot of time with. And, and this is the key. Uh, we're saying to people who uh, are interested in the Holy Face, uh, start reading the manual. Um, for myself, I I grew in love with the devotion of the Holy Face, just praying the litanies. Uh, when I began, I read the litanies, but then I started to pray the litanies. And when I think of St. Therese and her title, she's St. Therese of the Child Jesus and the Holy Face. And I started to realize that when you pray the litanies to the Holy Face, it takes you on this um, chronological journey that you encounter the Christ child in Bethlehem and adore him. You then see him as a young boy, then as a young man. And so St. Therese and Marie de Saint-Pierre, Sister Marie de Saint-Pierre, both had a beautiful devotion to the child Jesus. And it actually just warms your heart that you fall in love with the Lord when you think of him as a young boy, as a little babe. And so these uh, litanies have helped me immensely and have helped so many others. When we compare notes and talk about the devotion to the Holy Face, um, again, time and time again, people say, it's praying the litanies that have really drawn me into the devotion. So uh, I cannot recommend the litanies enough. Um, but as you mentioned earlier, uh, Father um, 
that St. Augustine had a great love for the Holy Face. And that prayer that he composed is very powerful, very powerful. In fact, we actually had prayer cards made up with the uh, prayer uh, written by St. Augustine uh, to the Holy Face. So uh, there is so much there. So again, uh, the four parts to the manual. And I think it's important that uh, people read about the history, and it's nice that it's included in uh, the manual to the Holy Face, uh, because people always ask, well, where did this devotion come from? Is it, is it church approved, um, or is it just a fanatical group that has their own idea? No, it's uh, been, uh, you know, created and blessed and endorsed by Pope Leo XIII and uh, popes after him. So uh, just a beautiful devotion. So it's important to read about the history uh, and it's contained in the manual um, of the uh, Archconfraternity of the Holy Face. And so uh, there we go. Uh, but Father, you were talking about some of the um, little devotions such as the scapular, uh, the the satchel. Um, tell me a few stories um, and uh, a field reports of people that um, carry these little sacramentals and and use them. I think people are always asking about, you know, the uh, extra stuff, you know, um, and I, maybe I'm just using layman's terms here, but uh, I'll leave it to you to explain a few of those um, little sacramentals. Sure. So the little sache, let me turn to the page 243. Yeah, it's this devotional object was composed by Sister St. Pierre after a special communication from our Lord. It consists of a leaflet in which is printed the gospel of the circumcision, which is short and in which is made mention of the name of Jesus given to the Savior. On the same leaflet is engraved at the top of it the figure of the divine child and the initials of his adorable name. And below the gospel, some pious invocations calculated to excite, to excite confidence in the name of Jesus, together with the lines, when Jesus was named, vanquished Satan was disarmed. So let me comment on that. This is very beautiful because, as you mentioned, the great devotees to the Holy Face, St. Therese of Lisieux and Sister Mary St. Pierre, they had a love of the little child. So Sister Mary St. Pierre had a, a great love of the Holy Family which included the little child in growing up 30 years. And then we have St. Therese of Lisieux, who um, was subtitled of the little child, and then later, and of the holy face when she received her final profession. So we have them wearing, um, people that get this, they have a little child uh, pictured and it's put into a little packet and they wear it around their neck. And it's also the gospel of the circumcision. When Jesus was eight days old, it really reflects upon his name. And that's why at Christmas time during the octave, we have the uh, feast day of the circumcision and of the holy name. Because his name is Savior. When Jesus was named, vanquished Satan was disarmed. So it really helps to give us a great um, a gratefulness for living in these 2,000 years that we have the Savior in our history now. We receive him at Holy Communion, whereas our ancestors for the first 1,000 years 
they heard about this promise of a redeemer, but he hadn't come yet. So we are very fortunate to have all that. And so the leaflet is folded in two, enclosed in little piece of stuff on which is embroidered or crossed with the sacred heart so that it resembles a metal suitable to be worn on the person. There's no other blessing needed in order to receive it than that which is attached to the holy name of Jesus in honor of the five letters of his divine name. And by virtue of the five wounds, our Lord has promised to grant special graces to those who shall embrace his devotion with faith and piety. So now I'm going to list five promises that come who have this little devotion. First one, to preserve them from thunder. Well, I live in Kansas, so we're in Tornado Alley. So I wear that and I feel more comfortable having that when there's thunder and lightning. So that doesn't mean that we can go out into the weather and run around the tornadoes and the lightning. We need to still have common sense, but this is a great uh, blessing. The second one, from the cunning and the malice of the devil. So we know we're in those times where the devil seems to be unleashed from hell. So this is a great devotional to have. Then third, from sudden and unprovided death. So we know that people that are blessed have the ability to have their death. They know it's coming so they can prepare and put all their things in order. So that's what this devotion promises. And then the fourth one, to enable them to walk readily along the path of virtue. So I, I really have been more drawn to a life of virtue, getting into this devotion of the little sachet and also of the devotion of the holy face in general. And that's what my fourth book is about, is about growing in virtue. And really it helps us to discover the interference that's going on with the world and the noise and the devil. And just to see, no, the real, the real thing that we need to worry on is growing in virtue. So the last one, to grant to them final perseverance. This is a huge grace because we can never merit final perseverance. And for those that don't know, final perseverance means living in the state of grace until we die. And then if we die in the state of grace, we're going to go to heaven. We might have to go through purgatory, but we're going to go to heaven. And we should ask for this grace every day if we can. So basically... That's what it is. Our Lord is pleased to manifest the power of his holy name by many other spiritual and temporal graces, conversion, cures, etc. The sachet is principally employed with success in the case of dying sinners. This devotion to the holy name of Jesus is attached to the great work of reparation for blasphemies and that of the holy face. So now we have, there's a lady in Colorado who's got a daughter who's a Carmelite in, I think in Idaho, a traditional Carmelite in she makes these little sachets and she stuffs them in a very beautiful uh, clear plastic envelope and she explains what they are and she sells them or she asks for donations and she gives all the money to the Carmelites in Idaho. And so whenever I run out, I ask her for more and she gives me 50 and I give them out to people. So it has all her information on her website of how to get them and then I just hope it, it keeps promulgating. It's beautiful when we see Catholics, they say, Father, what can I do? What can I do? And there's so many things that we can unleash from this treasure trove that Catholics have so much to do when they get involved and, and God draws them to this devotion of the Holy Face. So 
I don't know what you think about No, that. very beautiful. I'll hold up uh, a little satchel just so that people can see um, what they look like. And of course, um, it's got the, the Christ child, of course, in Bethlehem. Um, again, the, the uh, emblem here on the back. And inside, of course, the um, there's the... Um, the gospel itself, the readings, and um, they're in there. And there's a bless a palm uh, in here too. So it's, um, there's a lot there. And so again, um, I like to say just a, a power pack of, of blessing and graces. So uh, the little sachet, and I carry that with me at all times. Uh, of course, there's scapulars and uh, people have seen them, um, of course, with the holy face on. Um, and um Again, there's that. Um, I'd like to always say everyone should have the Holy Face Medal uh, and wear it on their person. Uh, and of course, the um, the Holy Face Crucifix. Uh, these are all items, these little sacramentals that we recommend and are explained in the Holy Face Manual. I think that's what's kind of nice is that people will ask you, what is that uh, cross that you're wearing? Well, you'll be able to give them the answer because it's in the Holy Face Manual. Uh, Father, I think with the little sachet, it um, speaks beautifully to how our Lord came into this world to suffer. Um, of course, he died on the cross for us. But I think many of us that have uh, enjoyed the Holy Face devotion are just spending more time each day meditating on the Passion. And, you know, following the stations is such a beautiful, holy exercise. And uh, I know you had mentioned in our last uh, interview, uh, your love of meditating uh, a little bit more each day on the Passion, but especially praying the Stations of the Cross. And I know that the Stations are contained in the Manual of the Holy Face. So uh, maybe you could speak a few moments on the value of that uh, beautiful holy habit. Yeah, let me find them here. They're in the third part. Here's Stations of the Cross of the Holy Face and a short way of the Cross of the Holy Face. So let's go look at that. Page 185. Yeah, so there's a preparatory prayer for the Stations of the Cross. And then each station has about two or three paragraphs. So a lot of people like to pray the Station of the Cross with a little booklet of St. Alphonsus Liguori, which I love. And this one uh, has a different focus, is focuses on the face the whole time. So here's one. The, is it the eighth? Yeah, the eighth station. Jesus consoles the daughters of Israel who followed him. Oh, Jesus, inspire us. This is just a taste. I'm not going to read them all. Inspire us with zeal for good works and the heroic courage of holy love. We do not desire in compensation either the treasures of this world or earthly consolations. Grant to us only some of the spiritual joys and instructive inspirations which flow from thy face upon those who contemplate it and do it homage. Set them, shed them more and more upon us. Grant that we may make haste to walk along the way of perfection and of salvation. So this is a beautiful meditation because it's so correct in its theology, especially in the interior life, because there's three stages of love of God. The first stage, someone is trying to get rid of their mortal sins and 
they're growing in love of God because they hate their mortal sin, but they're still going back and forth. That's the purgative way. And then we have the illuminative way where people are learning more about God and God's starting to infuse them with virtues. Uh, but they have what's called a mercenary love. They love God because they get something out of it. They get the accolades of people or they make a they make an income from, you know, being uh, in the Catholic Church somehow. But the highest form is the unitive way. And that's loving for God for himself. And that's why it, it's so neat to see that in this prayer. Um, grant that we may make haste to walk along the way perfection and salvation. So you see there's that that trend of growing in the spiritual life. And the first book that I was ever given to read when I was thinking about becoming a priest uh, was given to me by a redemptress priest when I was 25. And it was called The Great Ways and Means of Perfection and Salvation. And that's what this prayer talks about, how we need to become more perfect. And I read that book and I was like, well, this is, this is just the way to be a Catholic. And when I started being introduced with things that weren't quite Catholic, like modernism and all that, it, it it was good that I had that source. So this book, I think, will help people to slice through the modernism that we live in, which is the synthesis of all errors, as St. Pope uh, Pius X talked about. And that's the key in the spiritual life, is that we don't get stuck on some heresy or some errors, but we know what is the truth. And when people get higher and higher in the levels of, of interior life, they're going to know what's bad and stay away from and what's good. So this book is going to help people so much. And what it does, Alan, is this devotion in general, for me and for many others, is it leads them deeper into the interior life so they can start going up higher. Yes. And I think that's what we all want. And so again, Father, thank you for just, uh, again, introducing uh, the Holy Face Manual to us and its uh, richness. And again, those four sections of the history, uh, the litanies and the prayers, of course, uh, many different uh, holy practices. And uh, again, uh, on appendices, uh, there's, 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 it, it is a complete manual. It really is. And, um, and I love your holy practice of reading the book cover to cover. There is something new even when you read it a second or third or a fourth time. And so again, the Holy Face Manual. And it's available through your website, uh, the martinians.org, along with more information about the League of St. Martin. And uh, people can come and uh, find out more about the devotion. And of course, they can reach out to you if they'd like to make con connections with you. And so uh, we thank you for creating the website, creating the movement, and of course, uh, you know, promoting the Holy Face Manual. Uh, I want to remind everyone of uh, Father Carney's book, The Secret of the Holy Face. Uh, there is so much in this book. And uh, I'd ask you to pray for Father Carney and his work, of course, uh, bringing souls to Christ. Um, so, Father, I want to allow you, of course, the, the last word, as we always do, at courtesy, and would, of course, ask for a blessing uh, for our Radio Maria listeners here today. Sure. So my last word is is this, dear listeners, that we are living in crazy times, but the saints that knew about these times, um, they, they, were, they had a holy envy, a holy jealousy of us. So we have a great opportunity to love God very deeply uh, amidst all the pains and sufferings that we're going through, who, those who love Holy Mother Church. So this devotion, I think, 
if you haven't taken it up yet, this devotion will help you to, to get through these, uh, these storms. And let me give you my blessing because we can always use more help from heaven. In nomine patris et filius spiritus sancti, amen. Amen. Sit nomen dominum benedictum. Paro santana. Domine exari ratsana meam, et clamor meo sate binia, dominus vobiscum. Spiritu. Benedictio domine potentis, patris et filius, spiritus sancti, shendit super vos, et manian semper. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Carney, for that. And my apologies for interjecting when you said seat nomen domini benedictum. I automatically said vado rato santana, which is get behind me, Satan. So uh, I think when you practice the Holy Face devotion and learn the prayers, uh, they become automatic. Um, let me uh, share uh, the beautiful prayer of the Golden Arrow Prayer with our listeners. And uh, we'll close off with that. And so please join me in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible and ineffable name of God be always praised, blessed, loved, adored and glorified in heaven, on earth and in the hells by all the creatures of God and by the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, Father Carney, thank you for joining us on Radio Maria, uh, a Christian voice in your home. And we look forward to having you back on the network uh, to uh, teach us some of the prayers. I think we'll practice uh, praying the chaplet of the Holy Face next time we have you on the air. So uh, God love you, God keep you, and we'll see you again soon. You are listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. I'm your host, Al Smith, and I want to thank you for joining me for this week's edition of Bishop Sheen Presents. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed these conversations I've been having with Father Lawrence Carney about the holy face of Jesus and the beautiful devotion. And uh, next week on the program, we will pray the chaplet of the holy face together. But uh, there is this beautiful connection between Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, uh, St. Therese, and, uh, of course, the Holy Face devotion. Uh, the devotion that I think we know and have come to love is the Holy Hour devotion, where we get to spend an hour with our Blessed Lord face to face. Now, we sometimes think, um, is the Eucharist really Jesus? Well, yes, we do believe that. And he is hidden behind the veil of a white host, but he is there. And so we have that beautiful encounter with our Blessed Lord every time we visit him in the Blessed Sacrament. And so uh, may I encourage you to practice the holy devotion of the Holy Hour. And I've mentioned many times now the beautiful little booklet we republished a few years ago called The Holy Hour Prayer Book by Fulton Sheen. It has a handsome cover of uh, the monstrance of uh, our Lord uh, there um, on the t altar at um, St. Mary's in Peoria. Uh, again, you'll see it. And of course, our Blessed Lord is in the background. A uh, beautiful um, painting of him in being crucified. And so, uh, again, I cannot um, tell you how much that book has touched the lives of so many. Uh, again, it's under $10. It's very affordable. And again, a great companion to have with you. And the Holy Hour uh, for many of us, is spent at home. We can't always get out to the church 
to pray our holy hour, but uh, we can pray at home. And so may I encourage you to pick up a copy of the Holy Hour Prayer Book by Fulton Sheen. And of course, the Manual of the Holy Face, I had been mentioning it to you with Father Carney's help, uh, again, available uh, wherever fine books are sold. Again, it's uh, the Manual of the Holy Face, and there are a number of beautiful litanies and prayers. And so uh, I've been enjoying the devotion, started, to, um, of course, praying the chaplet and uh, reading the prayers back in 2020. Uh, and again, it's been a good um, three years of my life uh, just enjoying this devotion to the Holy Face, and I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, my dear friends, I want to thank you uh, for all of your support here at Radio Maria. Your financial and prayerful gifts have gone a long way to keep us doing what we're doing, and so I ask you to remember us in uh, maybe some Lenten alms. Uh, Lent is just around the corner, and I encourage you to get some good spiritual reading. Uh, again, Fulton Sheen is my uh, advice there on the uh, seven last words. Uh, again, he is going to um, journey with us during Lent, and we'll be praying, playing, I should say. We're going to be praying, of course, but we'll be playing many of those classic recordings of Fulton Sheen talking about the seven last words. So again, I hope that this combination of Fulton Sheen and the Holy Face um, is going to fit the bill for you um, in these upcoming weeks uh, as uh, Lent will be uh, a journey like no other this year. Uh, I cannot recommend enough the websites that are valuable resources. I think of Father Carney's website, themartinians.org, and I have two websites. So one is holyfacemiracle.com. Again, so many miracles to the Holy Face, but holyfacemiracle.com. And, of course, the flagship, uh, bishopsheentoday.com. And so uh, spend some time on those websites. Learn more about the Holy Face and the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. My dear friends, until the next time that we meet, may the good Lord continue to bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look upon you kindly and bring you peace. God love you.